Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to you, Ryan Hatch. And also with you. And welcome to you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us once again on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. This is, in fact, webisode number 51, recorded July 14th in the year 2021. And never fear, the lava lamp is, in fact, burning brightly in the lab as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And we are one soldier down tonight. Yes, yes. Josh McGinty isn't with us, and I don't think he's going to be with us next week. Mm. So for oh, the yeah, next, that's, that's true. He's going to Montana. Yeah. So for the next couple of weeks, we've got maybe some slightly unorthodox shows, something a little different. Um, but never fear, we will be here for you, the listener, because that's the kind of love we have for you. We keep that content coming. So that being said, we've got um. You know, kind of an unorthodox show, a Fast and Furious one coming at you tonight. Um, Ryan and I are here in the lab. I just cracked myself a Modelo, mm-hmm. and I'm still drinking on that McKenna Henry. McKenna Henry. <laughs> the Henry McKenna. Mm-hmm. 10-year. Because it's so good. Nice. So I thought I'd pour myself a little bit of that. And I thought we'd just talk a little bit about what's going on around here lately. It's been a busy, uh, busy time. It's things are ramping up. Yes. For those of you who don't know, and I would assume if you're a weekly lava lamper by this point, you've, you've got at least a slight inclination that we are building a distillery here in Aliso Viejo, California. It is going to be called Webb's Grain Works. And it has been almost damn near three years at this point yeah. in planning, permitting, Legal. Legal pre-construction bullshit. Yeah. And finally, for the first time in three years, we're swinging some hammers over here, and it feels pretty damn good. Yeah. It's a bit exciting. An exciting week. It has. So, I mean, nothing too awfully elaborate is going on here yet, ladies and gentlemen, but we have started soft demo. And what that means is we're we're throwing up uh, some walls to kind of um, segregate off the space that will become webs um, on the production side and the restaurant side. And um, defining the space is really kind of the first big step towards, you know, the rest of it. Yeah. And that's been really exciting. It's, it's If nothing else, if only one wall has gone up, yeah. it's a pretty cool wall because now you go over there and you can see, okay. It's a separate entity. Yeah, this is webs. Yeah. This is where the distillery will be. Well, plus, like, you know, we're kind of removing some of the old, you know, things that are over there, the lights, the the monitors. A lot of the stuff that was there is coming down because those aren't just getting thrown away. You know, we have, you know, things that, that we're keeping and that are just going to be gone for, well, you know, for for the new stuff to come in. But all that's happening, and so it's just a, the building starting to get a little different look inside. Right, they're pulling down fixtures and um Slowly but surely, they they will take that whole side over there back to the shell. Mm-hmm. And we've taken it for granted. I mean, for years, we've been using that space for, for our events, yeah. for, for my pop-ups, for catering. Uh, we've had weekly meetings over there, our planning meetings and everything. And um, that space will no longer really be 
accessible to us, you know, as we continue with this process. Um, Once we kind of break it out over there, I mean, as we as we sit here now, there's no electricity over there anymore. Mm -hmm. So no more lights. And uh, it's just cool. It really it's 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 making making the whole thing feel uh, like it's not just a pipe dream any longer. Yeah. Things are starting to happen. It definitely I mean having construction workers here you know first thing in the morning every day is it's there's some life in the building again and it's uh it, it's crazy it, i mean it definitely feels like oh the last three years of doing stuff on paper and answering questions from cities and all that kind of stuff it, things have actually materialized together and it's going to happen it is incredible to me the sheer amount of paperwork and stuff that it takes to do the, anything really, especially this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. The questions you have to answer with the city, with the wastewater authority, with the um, regular water, gas, ga- the gas company, the electric company. And it's just like it's an endless amount of questions. Everybody know, wants to know exactly what you're going to do now, what you're going to do in 10 Forever. years. Forever, yeah. And it's like it's, it's very difficult how, uh, to answer how, those questions. How many uh, cubic feet per minute of gas are you going to use in 30 years? Yeah, exactly. Well, I have no freaking idea. No. Assume I'm going to be using all of it. Yeah. As much as you can give me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, use it. it. Yeah. So let's let's err on the side of giving me too much of everything because that's how I've lived my life. Yeah. I want way too much of everything. Let me be the judge of when I, too much. Yeah. Is. I'll tell you what too much is. <laughs> I don't need you telling me. And it's worked fine for me so far. Yeah. So I'm gonna carry that into this, and yeah, and we're gonna, you know, uh, Bruce, the contractor today, was explaining to me that. Part of his job, and when you get under construction, you're going to get some scrutiny. You're going to get people at the city level and these other places that are kind of weighing in. Um, You're not necessarily always going to make them happy Mm -hmm. with the way that you decide to do stuff, especially – if you you know move forward or or you you make an executive decision um, that maybe necessarily didn't get all the entities involved to check the box or to sign off on it, um, but but he was explaining to me as the operator, I have to kind of let that go, mm-hmm. and I have to know that you know at the end of this process I'm probably going to have some arrows in my back. Yeah. Um, but that's what they're here to do. They're here to pull the arrows out of my back and to be that human shield to jump in the way and take some of the heat. You know, when we do maybe overstep our bounds or we we maybe move forward uh, before we were supposed to in some level. And and let me make a caveat here. We're not planning on doing any of that. Yeah. But the, the construction process is that kind of process where there's so many different things happening on – at all times and there's so many different entities that kind of need to check off or sign off on it that you're moving you're moving forward thinking you're doing everything right and then all of a sudden the electric company shows up and was like wait 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 you weren't supposed to we what we wanted to and you're like oh shit well the gas you know the gas yeah. company and the fire authority and everybody else told us to move forward you know yeah and so that happens yeah and it can stress you the fuck out you go to bed every night and you're like, oh my God, well, we, we, we crossed this T and we dotted that I, but there's still my ass is out in the wind for this yeah. reason. And, and, and I, I just can't let myself do that. Yeah. I've got to trust the process. Yeah. And I got to trust the people that we have on our team to handle it when my ass is in the wind. So yeah, there, there's always going to be something. And whether it's 
you know, we're leaving too much dust in the parking lot, you know, someone, especially because we're across the street. Well, that there's two huge factors here that I foresee, one of them being our proximity to City Hall. Yeah. Being right across the street, you're not you're not getting away with anything. Yeah. They're going to see construction trucks going, leaving. They're going to see the the the. Uh, our cleanliness, the way that we leave the job site. Yeah. We should be 100% um, open and almost expect to have, you know, people from the city drop by almost at any time. Yeah. The Surprise inspector inspections. is coming by here every day just to get to and from his office right. and on the way to other places. Right. He's going to swing by. So we have that going as a factor that probably other job builds and stuff don't have to deal with. Yeah. Um, and we have this pre-existing kind of history with the city um, because the, this process has been kind of um, elaborate, something that they've never really dealt with before. We had to kind of overcome a lot of hurdles. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of on their radar already. Yeah. So not only are we close to them, but we're close to them and we're like at the top of their watch list. Yeah. And those two things, you know, aren't necessarily awesome. Uh, but it's also not the end of the world either because yeah. we have a good team. We're, we plan on doing everything the right way. We've pretty much got full transparency with the city because we we can't not because yeah. <laughs> where we are and, and what our relationship is. So it just is what it is. Um, could it f- possibly uh, cost us some time? Maybe. Yeah. But the – sense that I get from the team and from everybody is that we're not going to let it. Yeah. Um, and we have the, the relationships and the people aboard that can, you know, get this thing pushed through the the city and through the, you know, over the different hurdles and, and just keep moving and forward. And just keep moving forward because two things that we don't want to happen is we don't want to stop working yeah. because we don't want to lose anybody from our team. Yeah. And I was talking to Tony today who's the foreman for for Binquist uh, development, and he's running the show over here, and he's like, you know, everything's fine and good, but he's like, I, I got to stay working. He's like, if all of a sudden something happens and we've got to peel off this project because we, we don't have permitting or whatever, and he's like, I... I'm I got I'm, I'm he's like I'll roll over onto another job and then I can't assure that I'm going to be back. Yeah. So he's, that's another thing we we can't really afford to have happen is we can't afford to have to hit pause. Yeah. Now that we've started because we'll lose people that are integral. Yeah. Tony being a big part of it and and that team. You know, if if for whatever reason our design team can't get the MEPs or, or yeah. we can't get submitted by early August. Well, then all of a sudden we're going to grind to a screeching halt and that's going to be a really, really big problem too. Yeah. So got to do everything we can do to keep that ball rolling. You know, doesn't matter what's in the way, just get the right people on it. Right. And at, as, at the same time, keeping our eye on the brand and, and, our marketing plan and and product and and then the team in house yeah and the restaurant side and front of house and back of house and building those teams and um, we can't get bogged down in the building process so much that we don't realize that once we're built we we have to open too yeah. we have to have the foresight to continue to keep those balls rolling as well yeah. So, and then I think we're doing a good job. A big part of that is having the right people on board, having the team, having the people that you can trust, that you can delegate to, 
And um, I think we have that. I think we've got a really good team. Uh, they seem to have good communication with one another too, yeah. which is huge. Having worked on on other projects together and you know those relationships, it's not easy. I mean, it's like being in a band. People, there's personalities and ideas, and this is on some level design is you know it's artistic, obviously. And so people have opinions. A lot of it's subjective, even on the on the city level. When you're dealing with trying to get plans through planning commission, and you're trying to say, hey, this is what we want to do, you find so much of it is subjective and is opinion. Yeah. Well, have you thought of using this color? Well. Is that a rule or is that your opinion on what yeah. color you think I should paint my building? Because if it's your opinion, I'd save it. Yeah. Give me the template that the city allows and then I'm going to paint my building and we're going to work within that. Don't suggest to me what you think I should do or, oh, have you thought about adding a plant over here? Well, no. Maybe don't worry about it. is that is that really what we're here for? No, we're here for you to tell us. Yes, you can do that. No, you can't do that yeah. because of these reasons. Let us fall in line and and, you know, step up and follow the rules. But we're not going to necessarily be subjected to your opinion about how we do stuff. Yeah. And that's something else you have to realize when you're dealing with with people and personalities, you're going to get opinions and you have to figure out a way to navigate that without, without stepping on anyone's yeah. toes, pissing people off, hurting people's feelings. Um, a big part of this whole project is, for me, the um, there's a huge learning curve in all aspects of this, but a big part of that is the HR part yeah. of it. Having a team of people and being the guy kind of in charge, part of your position is to manage personalities and to make sure like oh shit i know that this that this person tends to get under this person's skin so yeah. maybe we keep them apart maybe we don't let him directly address him or you know knowing how to manage your team yeah um and that's been a, a interesting part kind of that i never really anticipated oh we're gonna build this and and do this and this is how we're going to do. I didn't realize, you know, there's personalities involved and, and relationships and you have to navigate that stuff. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's surprising that you, you literally can have people that agree on something, but because of the way it's presented, uh, they don't like it. Yeah. Are arguing over minutia. Yeah. You got to be very aware of that too. You get, you have to um, have an ability to keep that kind of 20,000 foot view of everything. Yeah. Because it's also super easy to get all bunched up into one little corner and lose sight of the overall thing. And I think people that we have on our team are really good at that. Realizing, hey guys, we're, 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 we're balling up here. Let's keep our, our eye on the, on the overall prize and not get bogged down in these little problems yeah they're solvable it's not worth freaking out about let's move on and just allow the, like again trust the process is a big part of this whole thing yeah and let the people who are responsible for certain things be responsible for those things right you have to be again as something that i've had to learn you have to be able to delegate yeah you gotta as the operator or the whatever you've got to understand that you're not going to be able to do everything as much as you're going to want to you can't, yeah. and you shouldn't. You should be able to find the people that you trust to do those jobs and then delegate them, have your eyes on it, you know, yeah. again, from that 20,000-foot view, but allow people to do things that they're good at, you know? If you have a person on your team that's really, really good at doing napkin rolls, let <laughs> that person do the napkin rolls. Yeah. 
right? It's like we've learned in construction. You could probably go out there and paint the thing. Yeah. Or mud it or, or you know, put up the drywall. There's somebody out there that's gonna do it so Way much better. faster and better. So let them do that. Yeah. And that and that's kind of across the board. Um so Assembling the right team, having the right people on board, trusting them, allowing them to do their jobs. That's been a, a big part of this first three years, too. Assembling that team, allowing myself to trust them, um, and and then and kind of sitting back and letting the process happen. As, as much as sometimes I'm f- absolutely just freaked out by how long it's taking or, uh, you know just freaked out by the process itself. You know, yeah. so much of this red tape and bullshit at the city. I mean, it's infuriating. Yeah. But you could bang yourself against, bang your head against the wall forever, or you can just, you know, sack up and realize, okay, you got to do it this way. Yeah. You got to play the game. There's a certain amount of give and take. There's a dance that has to be danced. And there's, you know, nuancing. But you you, you got to learn that too. And that's been... uh kind of a steep climb because yeah. I'm not a guy that really likes to be told what to do or how to do it or you know but um, when you're dealing with the city and the county and even on and the federal you know yeah. on, our project here goes all the way up to the federal government you kind of got to do what they tell you to do yeah you got to make them happy you got to at least have those people trust that you're trying to do what they're asking you to do yeah because otherwise they're just going to make it that much more impossible for you And what I've learned, another huge thing that I learned in doing this whole thing was that it's not adversarial. Yeah. Right? It's not you versus the city. It's not you versus the county. It's it's not you versus the federal government unless you make it that way. But you don't want it that way. You want everybody working together to achieve a common goal. Right, because at the end of the day, it's good for everyone. It's good for the constituents. It's good yeah. for the city. It's good for the county. It's good for the state. Everyone's getting their tax money. The their the people that live here are happy, which makes you know the city look good. And so you know you 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 want to you paint it as a common goal that we're all working towards. And sometimes there's things that the city has to put in your way because yeah. that's their job. Well, I know you want to do this, but you can't do that. And that doesn't necessarily make them your enemy. You're still working together towards a common goal. They're just presenting to you, hey, this is the reality. Yeah. And then you got to go back to how do we work together to solve that goal? Not and, you're making it hard for me. Fuck you. Now it's yeah. me versus the city. Because then you're never going to get anything done. Yeah. But you, you sometimes have to be able to go, hey, this is what we want to do. And they say, no, you can't do that. Okay. What if I change this and that and and we can look at that problem a little differently right and i can show you that what you're trying to prevent isn't going to happen right there's that or you're telling me to do this and, and you know but i can't yeah i can't do that 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 way exactly and i'm going to show you why i can't do it that way yeah. so maybe you give me a variance or maybe mm-hmm. you give me a dispensation or something that allows me to kind of circumvent this rule mm-hmm. but we all have our eyes on the fact that you've told me it's a rule and then i've presented to you you know enough verifiable evidence of why i can't do it yeah and why it's really not a problem and then that allows us to kind of all move forward together yeah and again, it's it's like you, you just realize when you're working together and you're trying to actively problem solve and you present it that way, you get so much more momentum as opposed to putting it you versus them. Yeah. 
and I'm fighting the city or I'm fighting the, the state to try to get this accomplished. Well, you're never going to win. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, and, and, and half of that is phrasing, you know, or how you position it. Like you were saying, you, you can't you don't just go in there and you're, it's not you against them. They're following a certain set of rules. And sometimes we need to explain why that rule can't apply or or even if it does apply, how we can we can meet the same goal through a different technique or a different means. And then we can all go, OK, we, we still met the, the spirit and we still met the thing of that rule. Now let's move forward and everybody feels good about it. Right, and and two things to that point. One is you you have to know when it's appropriate to kind of push back a little bit. Yeah, I see your point. I see that that's the rule or the or the whatever, but I can't do it. And this is why. Allow me to show you. And on a project like ours, which is literally groundbreaking, there's not really anything like this ever been done anywhere, at least around here. Mm-hmm. You also have to have a certain amount of um, ability to teach these people why these certain rules don't apply to you or why you have an exemption because when the rule was created or the law was created or whatever there was nothing like you around yeah so not everything that applied necessarily applies to you especially in a on a project like this that's so groundbreaking yeah and we've come up against a lot of that too well you know you can't do this this and this well yeah but that was for like a restaurant yeah or that was for you know some other kind of commercial building. What we're doing here has a different set of parameters. Yeah, that was for a manufacturing right. facility, and we're kind of doing a lot of all of it. So there's been a certain amount of educating the um, the powers that be yeah. on this project as well, which I think is taking some extra time to kind of get everybody up to snuff on exactly what it is that we're doing here. And what rules are are appropriate and what rules don't apply. Um, I think we're going to continue to come up against that as we get into um, further into the building process. We're going to have people's opinions. Again, we're going to have that subjective issue where people are like, oh, well, don't you want to put that over here? Or you should make that, you know, again, we don't care about opinion. Um, But we're going to definitely run up against... uh, as well, people not being exactly sure what it is that we're doing here, and so they're they're going to be a little apprehensive. I can see the fire authority as we get into um, you know as we get the still on on the ground here, and we start producing, and and we have to go in our you know our final inspection. <clears throat> fire authority is another person who I'm assuming that we're going to have to do kind of a lot of education with. Yeah. This is what this does. This is why we do it this way. This is how we store this stuff. Because the likelihood is is that the guy over there, I mean, at the end of the day, these are just dudes with jobs. Yeah. And the likelihood is is that the guy that's sitting over there as the inspector or whatever for Orange County Fire Authority has never seen a still before, has no idea how it works. So they're going to come up with all these assumptions and stuff that are not necessarily true. And they come at they come in here with all this these opinions and oh this this and this and you've got to be like look man that's that's not the case this is the case um, so um, and and like I say part of that educational process and informing people what it is exactly that we're doing here and getting everybody kind of up to snuff I'm sure has cost us time yeah 
if we were just building your average everyday Subway sandwich spot here or whatever, it wouldn't have taken us anywhere yeah. near as long because everybody knows it. They're familiar with it. All the rules apply, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's no groundbreaking happening. It's kind of uh, in some of the, you know, questionnaires you fill out, is this part of a chain or it's like, well, no, which is I'm sure puts you immediately into the scrutiny. No, I'm trying to do a one-off thing here. This is, you know, now we're getting everything. Not a no. We're not just building a McDonald's. Right. That that was one of the very first questions today on the questionnaire from the um the gas company. Mm-hmm. Is this a chain? Probably, like you say, for that very reason. If it is a chain, they're like, okay, well. I'm sure you already have yeah. the manual of exactly what you need to tell us. Right. We've probably already permitted seven McDonald's or whatever yeah. that you own. Whereas on this one, it's we're greenfielding and and trailblazing, and yeah. so every single question they ask us, there's no rote answer for it. Yeah. Um. So you know that that again that process that getting gas to the building that could take a while because there's a certain amount of education that needs to happen. The gas company's gonna need to learn a little bit more about what it is that we're doing here, how we do it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what that requires. Um, water authority, water, wastewater authority, they all, there's, there's uh, definite period of, of informing these people uh, about our processes that has, that takes time. Yeah. The, the the application process probably in dealing with all those utilities, there is that period of, of education. This is what we're doing here. You've probably never dealt with it before. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it. I just, it's kind of funny, you know, and this will be a ridiculous example, but um, you know, you, you hook up, you say, Hey, I, I need water. I need a pipeline this big. And they then you and you have to answer why. Apparently, you're just not allowed to shoot it up in the air as a fountain if you want. Yeah. You know, they want to know exactly where it's doing. And then, where's the runoff going? Do you have enough drainage? It's like what's in your runoff? Yeah, it's crazy. Can you give us a sample of it? Yeah. Well, well if my building existed, yeah, and it had all the equipment, I exactly. Could. If I was producing what I want to produce here, then I could give you a sample. Mm-hmm. But until then. It's pretty one. arbitrary. Yeah. So that's been a big part of the problem is there's there's this kind of like spiral or or like endless loop of questions being asked that we don't necessarily have the answers. I guess we get along of the a lot of the wrong questions asked us. Mm-hmm. And it's and that just speaks to the fact that people have never dealt with this kind of project before, so they don't know the right questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And so we've run up against a lot of that, where we get asked questions that aren't necessarily the appropriate questions, so we can't really give them the appropriate answers. And so there's a period of having to kind of vet that, that um, I, I guarantee you has has cost us time on this project. But we're learning a lot. We are not only are we learning a lot, everybody involved in the project is learning a lot. So, you know, uh, if nothing else, we are blazing that trail. And if somebody else wants to come along after us and open up a, a distillery in Aliso Viejo, it'll be a lot easier for them. I guarantee you. Let's just hope they don't. Yeah. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. <laughs>
let us just do that for you. Yeah. We're happy to do it. Um, and then we'll all be happy, you know, because we'll have our, we'll have a place to come and, and, uh, enjoy doing what we're already doing, <laughs> drinking and, and regaling each other's with stories and, and laughing and having a good time, but it'll be our place. It'll be our booze. Uh, it'll be our food. Yeah. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, uh, like I said, ooh, yeah. did you get a thing? Yeah. I don't think it's going to affect the... Uh, okay, the recording. Do just we... so you know, ladies and gentlemen, our, our headphones just got wanky. Wonk. Oh, it's back now. Back, yeah. Don't move. That's because our computer is steam-powered. Mm. And Did we have to get city permission for that? Because that's not normal. Right. We're running it off the boiler, and it gives us about 32 gigabytes <laughs> per PSI. Ah. <laughs> um. Do I mean we we have some some fairly exciting things coming up? Um, do we want to mention or talk about any of those? I mean, I mean yeah, I, we got a pretty fun trip coming up. We're going yeah. to Kentucky uh, at the end of August for ADI, which is the uh, uh, big distilling industry convention every year, and this year it's in Louisville, and so we're going to be going out there, and we are going to be guests of Vendome. Vendome is building our still. Uh, we have a big 250-gallon uh, copper pot hybrid being built by Vendome. And so as their uh, client, we will be badged by Vendome and cruising the floor of ADI uh, August 23rd through the 26th, I believe. Nice. And it'll be great. It's an opportunity for us to meet vendors from, you know, Across the board, glass yeah. vendors, bottle, you know, fasteners, bottle tops, label printers. Equipment. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Equipment. Software. Uh, yeah. Computer programs, proprietary. Uh, I mean, people that do. You name it in the alcohol industry and there will be somebody at ADI selling their wares. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. We should come back with notebooks full of uh, resources. Yeah. Um, not to mention, we'll probably do some drinking. Yeah. Uh, we'll meet, we'll, we'll, you know, there's those great distilleries right there in Louisville. There's Michter's, Heaven Hill, Rabbit Hole, Old all Forester. Old Forester right there in town. Um, and, uh, if I know anything about conventioneers, I know that they like to go to the convention and then drink a little bit afterwards. So I'm imagining it's going to be a pretty good time. I'm looking forward to it. It's our first big distilling convention. Um, and the fact that we're going to be guests of Vendome is pretty awesome. It's kind of like, you know, going to a car show and being like a guest of Ferrari or Bugatti. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm stoked just to see. I mean, maybe we can go to their facility. Well, we we are. That's part okay. of what we will do while we're there. We'll go to Vendome. We'll see our still under manufacturing. Yeah. And uh, kind of check on the progress. That's and pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Vendome is the oldest copper still manufactory in the United States. They they are pre-prohibition. Nice. And uh, family-owned. We're going to have a big, beautiful still. Yeah, it's going to be rad. Very cool. Super, super stoked on the fact that we are working with Vendome. Um, I, my personal opinion is it is the still. Especially if you're making American whiskey, uh, so uh, and, and you know, 
not to disparage anybody that's not working on a on a vendome, but uh, it, the opinion is, as far as I'm concerned, if you can get a vendome, get the vendome. Yeah. And so uh, I was. I think we lucked out. You know, they kind of. Um, I'm not going to say that they pick and choose who they work with, but obviously. A lot of people want Vendome stills, and you can wait a long time to get one. I think we kind of lucked out coming out of COVID. Mm -hmm. Things had slowed down a little bit, and we were able to to get on their uh, their list of yeah. you know people that they were slinging stills stills to. And I think that we're pretty darn close to the top. Yeah, because I'm all indication is that that thing's gonna land like November first. That's cool. Pretty rad. Yeah. So things are happening here. Finally, finally, things are starting to happen here, and it's it's really really exciting. So um, that being said, I don't have a whole lot else tonight. Um, I'm gonna finish off this uh, Henry McKenna and um, and close it out. You know, in case I didn't mention, uh, I really like drinking whiskey. Yeah. If that was something maybe I had forgotten to I, I hadn't I hadn't noticed. And this Henry McKenna tenure, really, really good. Yeah. The foreman for the job had just came back from Kentucky. Tony was in Kentucky, did the bourbon trail last week, came back with a bottle of ten year old Eagle Rare that he shared with me in the office at the end of the meeting. Wow. Yeah. Was that good? I had a little sip myself. I gotta be honest, it's even better than the Henry McKenna. Yeah. And this is one of the best things I've had in the office. That Eagle Rare, that tenure, and that was a single barrel. That was like a oh, single barrel tenure. Yeah. It was rad. Yeah. It was so good. So cinnamony. Yeah. And after it really opened up in my glass, it smelled almost like butterscotch. It was like buttery and sugary. It had a it had the the nose was was very sweet. Yeah, it but the flavor it wasn't overly sweet, right? You know, it was And at 100 proof. And it it wasn't jet fuel. Yeah. I mean, they did something right. So, thank you, Tony, for sharing your Eagle Rare. Thank you, Mr. McKenna, for sharing your your ten year bottled and bond. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here. We uh, we always appreciate it. You are the reason we do this, after all. So thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast.